0: Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. We cover everything from missions, where you'll hear from seasoned missionaries and trailblazers on the field, to church production insights, covering topics like sound mixing, social media, and websites, to church planting, where you'll hear from church planting leaders and boots on the ground, to church systems and strategies, diving into programs like Planning Center and MailChimp. Let's grow and learn together. Guys, so this is our first of many super exciting interviews that I have lined up for this fall, and it's just kind of a way for me to um, leverage some connections that um, I have to some incredible people in the church world um, and just kind of listen to what they have to say, um, their voice, their expertise, their experiences. Um, so, my first guest, which is like an amazing person to start off with, is Randy Freeman. Um, hey, Randy.
1: Hey, Esther.
0: Um, so Randy is the lead pastor of North Place Church Durban in South Africa. And uh, that church was planted a couple years ago. And he also is the leader over Urban Tribes, which is um, just a really awesome project in Assemblies of God world missions. And Urban Tribes uh, just seeks to plant churches in gateway cities in Africa, which is super exciting, really cool. So I just wanted to talk with Randy just about his experience in church planting and um, just get some of his insights today. So, yeah,
1: thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, we're super excited to talk to you. So um, how did you um, get into like the church planting world?
1: Yeah, I was, um, you know, I felt called in a ministry when I was really young and really struggled to articulate uh what what that would look like i knew what god was putting in my heart but at at that time and the church that i grew up in which was a phenomenal church but there was just no language people weren't really planting churches back then and and uh that sort of apostolic idea uh it just it just wasn't talked about so anyways went through went through bible college. Uh, for a while, majored in missions, but really didn't feel like I fit that because there was this church planning thing. And when I talked to the professors back then, at least, they were like, yeah, we don't really do that when I described what was in my heart. So anyways, went on, got to Bible college, uh, mass, uh, put work into a pastoral ministries degree and Christian education, all that stuff. And then I got into my master's degree and that was the first time that I really started learning about church planning. And there was a mm-hmm. whole degree in that. And the more I read about it and found out about it, this was kind of uh, mid to late '90s. You know, it was just blowing up all over the place, and the language mm-hmm. and what it was just captured my heart. And at that point, it was like, yes, this is who I am. Uh, this is what my gift set is. This is what I'm called to. And so, uh, went through, finished our our graduate program, and uh, then we moved to Texas and planted a church. I guess 2002. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. kind of when we started.
0: Cool. Wow. So yeah, you've been in it a little while, kind of from like the cusp of like church planting becoming a thing. So that's that's really cool. Um, so having been in it so long, like what do you think are some big um just struggles that you've encountered maybe or seen other people encounter um just in that church planting process?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's hard. Church planting is super hard. And um, it it really tests you. You really have to make sure you know check your motives and your heart all of the time. And mm-hmm. uh, there's there's seasons in the life cycle of a church. There's seasons in the growth of a church. And really, you continuing to grow. For for me, I'm married, so my marriage continuing to stay healthy during mm-hmm. the different cycles. I have kids, and so my family. So sort of balancing that and and just the emotional ups and downs of um of the process Hmm. and i think living through that making it through that and every season of a church there's such a huge lift so there's such a huge lift from zero to 50 people to have a launch Hmm. team there's such a huge lift from 50 to you know breaking 100 etc so living Hmm. through those different seasons and staying healthy through that emotionally spiritually mentally um yeah i'd say that's probably the biggest challenge
0: yeah Um, yeah, I know, like, whenever, so a little bit of context, um, me and Randy were together on church plant in Durban, he's still there. I'm doing this now. But um, something when I was there that I just admired so much about like you and your family and your wife, Desira was just, you guys had this crazy ability that even though you have like so many things pulling on you, and like, all these pressures and responsibilities and roles that like, you guys made your family like top priority always and like protected that so well. Um, so how do you think like you guys came to that? Have, have that, has that always been a thing for you? Like, how did you accomplish that?
1: Yeah. thank. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate that that was your perspective as being someone who was on our team. Um, I, I hope we've worked at it always. I don't know that we've always done it well. Mm. Um, we started, like I said, you know, 20, over 20 years ago in this process. And, um, you know, we learned a lot of things the hard way. Um, We have, you know, we've had, we have good people in our life, good mentors. um, And so trying to learn from them and uh, learn from their advice, Hmm. that helped a lot. But yeah, you have to have boundaries. Like anything Hmm. else in your life, you have to have boundaries. And the thing about church ministry is it's, it well, let me say it this way. I feel like if you're doing it uh, authentically, uh, and I know that's a buzzword, but it's your whole life because these are the people that you're, you know, it's not just I go to work and then I go home. These are my friends. They're my family. They're, especially Mm. when you're doing it internationally, you know, there's no, like everywhere you go, these, this is your whole life. And Mm. um, so, but you have to have boundaries. And and you have to understand that this is a marathon and not a sprint. Mm. And when you when you begin to think that way, that it's a marathon and not a sprint, it helps you to keep perspective on, okay, so spending this time with my kids is, in the grand scheme of things, is probably more important than being mm-hmm. at every single event or more important than everything being perfect this Sunday. There's always going to be another Sunday, yeah. but my kids are only going to be this age once. You know mm-hmm. we're we're at a stage in life now where two of our kids are out of the house and mm-hmm. we have to still have two teenagers and i'll never get that time back but i'll i'll have another sunday i'll have another mm-hmm. i'll do another sermon series there'll be another easter so mm-hmm. you know just having perspective i think probably helps a lot um yeah yeah, uh,
0: yeah i think i think it's hard like partially just because of the nature of like what we do and um, just thinking about like, Oh, well, you know, it's ministry, like it's saving souls. Like it's so crucial. Like, so it's really easy to like kind of justify like not having boundaries. Um, Yeah. But I know like one thing that I loved when we were in Durban was just like how we had this rule that we're going to have a Sabbath. Everybody has to have a Sabbath every week. And you do not bother other people when they're Sabbathing and you don't have to feel the responsibility to like respond to other people on that day. Like that's like so important and not just like for people in ministry, but yeah, I feel like that was like a super helpful lesson and just like, you know, there is always another Sunday. Like that's a really amazing perspective that I I loved like learning from you there. Um, Yeah. And just on that subject of, like, things that we learned specifically at that church, I love um, just this super diverse um, kind of culture that you've achieved at North Place, um, where it's not just, like, ethnically diverse, it's also, like, socioeconomically diverse, it's... um, You know, all these different layers of diversity and even just people coming from different diverse like church backgrounds as well. And like, um, how do you, you know, go about that intentionally, but, you know, also authentically and just like laying, you know, the foundation for that from the beginning of your church plan?
1: Yeah, I I don't. This probably maybe isn't the direction you, you thought this would go or or anticipated this would go. But I think all of these things, both what we were just talking about, um, boundaries and Sabbath and all of that, and feeling like I'm the savior and I have to do it right because I'm saving souls or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think both that and the issue of diversity and uh having a diverse group of people, I think these are all theological issues. And mm-hmm. and I think it it says it's it it's all about my theology, our theology yeah. as a as a church, as a team. Um boundaries that i set in in my life have to do with the fact that i know that i'm not god and Mm. that's a that really is a theological issue i'm not saving anybody i'm an instrument Mm. he can in my ridiculous mistakes and stupidity and and my laziness at times and all all of that stuff he's if he wants to interrupt someone's life and save someone Like he's going to do that. And Mm -hmm. so my theology is like rooted there. So I'm just, I'm just an instrument. So that helps me with the boundaries. And, and then when it comes to the diversity issue uh, to me also, that's a, it's a theological issue. Mm -hmm. So uh, you, you talk about socioeconomic diversity in the church. I I have some significant uh, theological concerns when we, when we create our churches in such a way that draws these this divide between people Mm -hmm. who maybe have a little and people who have a lot um i have like i have some serious questions for folks who who um it seems as though their model of ministry uh is dividing rather than Mm -hmm. bringing people together and not um, elevating some and isolating others Mm -hmm. because of what they have or don't have Uh, so to me some really good new testament theology uh helps with some of these things. But mm-hmm. then like not just preaching it, like living it, like practically living it, like not treating some people better than others, even in subtle ways, because they have a little money or mm-hmm. they have a lot of money or because they are um a, a powerful business person versus in our situation a hawker, someone who sells, you know, some items on the street Uh, so not like legitimately being just as concerned and just as attentive and just as engaged in everyone's life regardless of their race their Mm -hmm. age their 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 gender their religious background or spiritual background their socioeconomic status like i just think you have to consistently live that out and if you consistently live that out like I think it starts to produce the fruit of diversity. I, I, like people, have asked us this through the years. Like, there's not this great grand plan where we uh, systematically pick these people or do these things mm-hmm. or put these people on stage. And and I'm not saying that there's not some thought that needs to go into that. Mm-hmm. And maybe when your church gets to a certain stage, you need to balance that mm-hmm. out. But I think it has more to do with the leadership team, like mm-hmm. legitimately living out uh, what I happen to believe is biblical uh biblical theology around loving people
0: yeah yeah i think i think there's like something about when you're in church planting that it can get like so easy to make it about like okay what strategies can we do like what systems can we put in place like you know what can we do like it's all about like you know doing the right tasks and like using the right tools and stuff. And like tools are super important. They're really valuable. But yeah. Um, I think that's a really good perspective that like it's, it boils down to like theology. Um, so with planting a church cross-culturally and dealing with like, there's, you know, weird theological things, because I know something we talked about a lot was confronting that some of our theology wasn't really theology it was more culture and like vice versa so like how um how did you like navigate that and and just give some insight on that
1: yeah i i think you know cultural intelligence or intracultural intelligence is absolute necessity if mm-hmm. you're if you're planting cross-culturally I think honestly, I think it's absolutely necessary anywhere now yeah. uh, you are in the world, especially if you're in an urban center. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you, you don't even have to go to Africa or Europe or whatever. I mean, yeah. I think any city that you're in in America, if you're not growing yourself in cultural awareness, you're just you're setting yourself up for failure, or you're at, or you're basically saying this is only this small group of people that I intend to disciple. Yeah. Um, so, so that would be one thing, like actually reading books learning, growing mm-hmm. in, in your cultural awareness. Um and and then that begins when you start to learn about that stuff, then you start to examine yourself like mm-hmm. what are what are my preconceived ideas about just life in general? Um yeah. communication, the way you relate to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one set of things. But then you start applying that to your theology um and saying, okay, do I believe this because This is the way a white middle-class American Mm. interprets scripture versus this is the way a, you know, in our case, a dirt, you know, an an Indian fifth generation, Indian in Durban, South Mm. Africa would interpret scripture and really starting to think through those things Mm. and look for those filters and becoming honest with your first, you have to become honest with yourself, but Mm. then in the role of being a leader, you have to make sure what I'm teaching, how I'm discipling people, you know, working through those filters and those lenses, acknowledging mm-hmm. your filter and lenses, and then trying to, in my particular role as the, you know, the lead teacher in in our church, I had to try to approach every message through the idea of, okay, let's wade through not just my mm-hmm. filters, but in our particular congregation, there could be 15 or 20 different filters mm-hmm. socially, culturally. So yeah. what we're going to teach and preach, we need to make sure that we're going to author's original intent and then mm-hmm. and then teaching our congregation, okay, here was the author's original intent. Now here's how we commonly apply it in mm-hmm. our various cultures here. Now how do we do it collectively as the body of Christ mm-hmm. in this context? Um yeah. and that just takes that takes time. Yeah. Um and but it takes a tremendous amount of discipline. Um and uh, loving it loving god's word and loving god's people and then creating a vocabulary creating a a practice with the people and and mm-hmm. you know as you mentioned we're a few years in, in now and so there's stuff that i can teach and preach now that i couldn't mm-hmm. a few years ago yeah. and uh, just knowing that mm-hmm. uh, is part of it
0: yeah 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 i think um when you go cross culturally it's so much easier to um recognize like oh, this is a cultural thing. That's a cultural thing. But when you're not cross cultural, it's a little harder to like see those things. Um, But yeah, I think as I've been like back in the States, it's, it's been more like, just having an awareness of, oh, even in the States, like even if you're planting a church in another state or in another city, like there you are cross cultural, like there's so many like, layers that we build on top of like Christianity and our experience in the church and like even just the way that you like lay out a Sunday morning um and I remember like me and you had a lot of conversations about like the music that we would choose um and just having to be conscious of that and like all the little details like but yeah I I love like just learning that concept of okay, what are the lenses that like, we're looking through, like from you, that's, that was like a super important lesson that I learned from you. So yeah. Um, I, and I know, like, we're, we're talking about, okay, we're going to like deep layers of theology. But just from like a practical standpoint, um, I know, like, we worked with a lot of awesome organizations, like we were under ADWM. We did some like amazing training with church multiplication network and stuff so um yeah how important um is just like having that like umbrella organization or like other organizations supporting you like parent church supporting you all of that
1: yeah i i'm glad you asked that question i i think um you know with with urban tribes urban tribes is a is a ministry of AGWM Africa and we we have a you know a philosophy no one plants a church alone. Yeah. No one, uh, no one goes out, you know, this being a lone ranger, you need a mm-hmm. network, you need a relationship um, Our the way urban tribes is set up. You know, every church has a mother church and and partner churches. So mm-hmm. you've got all you've got this huge network around you uh, to help you and support you. And, and we're not just talking finance and, and mm-hmm. we're talking practical stuff, but yeah. we're also talking relationally. I mean, there are times when you, you just, you don't know what to do. or mm-hmm. you need someone to process with yeah. and having those people in your lives uh, to help you. Uh, so I would say to anyone planting a church, don't, don't even consider doing it by yourself. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would even challenge someone. If you, if you don't have a network, and you're not a networker yet i'm really sure i'm and i hate to say this but i'm really not sure about if this is the right time yet for you to plant a church mm-hmm. because a part of planting a church is the capacity to build and develop a network mm-hmm. and so if you can't if you can't do that to gather support around you i don't know that it's the right season for you to go try to do that yeah. with people to bring into what you're doing so yeah. i know that's a bit of a challenge but i think it's kind of a litmus test just yeah. to say if you're kind of a Lone Ranger type, I don't know that church planning is is necessarily what you need to be doing, uh, mm-hmm. because the nature of church planning means that you're creating this community and community isn't about being a Lone Ranger. Maybe yeah. you need to go be a prophet on a mountainside or something somewhere. So and, and I'm I'm not being equal. I'm just saying you have to be real honest. Yeah. Uh, but AGWM. Uh, having urban tribes, having a church multiplication network Mm -hmm. uh, and having North Place and and then just others. I mean, I have personally a network of friends If I start listing them and they watch this then I'll feel bad because I'll leave somebody else. (laughs) But I mean, it's just a whole list of like absolutely die, you know, just relationships. And then all of you guys who were on the team, you Mm -hmm. had your networks and those people invested, not just financially, but personally, they brought teams they brought people every one of those people helped shape what we were doing so Mm. i can't i can't speak highly enough definitely have a network of people and constantly be building that be humble enough to Mm. ask for help and and uh, solicit help um i I think what makes a good church planner i think what makes a good missionary a good cross-cultural worker is being incredibly curious incredibly humble, incredibly open for networking and help. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I, I think it's absolutely necessary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And also just for anybody listening that's not like in a denomination, um, Association of Related Churches ARC is a super amazing non-denominational yeah. um church planting resource. So um that's a really good one if you're not in a denomination. Obviously there's a lot of amazing denominational ones like Sin Network, um, and you know, we talked about church multiplication network and they do a lot of work with assemblies of God. So, um, there's a ton of amazing, amazing organizations and they're super helpful. Like why, why reinvent the wheel? Why like try to do it by yourself? So, um, absolutely.
1: Of- Arc is doing phenomenal work all yeah, over the world. Yeah. So those are amazing guys. To be
0: part yes, of. they're great. You know, they, else. they have a huge network just all over the place. So, um, urban tribes, um, you guys are, currently working on new church plants um i know uh the church that you guys did in cape town um they're having their first service this sunday which is super exciting so it's awesome um yeah so how what's like the process this is i did not warn you about this ahead of time like what's the process you guys kind of go through like yeah choose like okay we're gonna do a church plant in this place
1: yeah no that's a great that's a that's a great question and the the way that it works, I mean, obviously we have a lot of um we have a lot of partners. So there's a lot of people involved in what we do. And so there's different ways that people could um want to are try to connect with urban tribes. So you may have, mm. you know, someone who's in the States feels called to a city in Africa, a gateway city, and say, hey, we want to connect and, and plant a church there. So we have yeah. everything from that to um some of our national church partners who may be in a country and and look at one of their cities and say hey Mm. we need a church there so they may approach us so Mm. so there's a lots of different kinds of people who could approach us and it all starts really um sort of the same way no matter who the interested party is what we say to them is okay well let's look at this city and figure out is it a gateway city and so there's um there's a because we there's you can plant churches anywhere and we believe god calls people Every, you know, all over the place, but we have a man, we have a missional mandate mm. and uh, that is to plant churches in gateway cities and gateway cities. Just to quickly define it would be cities that are shaping the culture of Africa now mm. and into the future. Uh, and that could be, that could be regionally, or it could be from a continental perspective or even mm. globally. And those are the cities that we're focused on. Uh, because we can't do everything everywhere yeah Uh, but we there's a process that we would say okay let's look at this city and see if it fits this profile Mm. Um, and so whoever would be interested in a city whether it be someone who's actually interested in planting or um, or our mission or anyone else Mm. we would the first question we would say is okay can we define this as a gateway city and so we have Mm. a little tool that we've created it we we just want to do like a demographic survey Mm. a sort of look at urban planning and what's going on economically yeah. and politically and culturally, and mm. write this sort of three to five page executive summary that mm. kind of makes the case, if you will, that this yeah. is really a gateway city. Mm. Um, and and that's the starting point. And, and I, I mean, I think the starting point really is prayer and conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But officially, that's where we begin the conversation mm. officially is to say, okay, here's the case that this yeah. is a gateway city. And then from there, you know, there's further steps that we begin to do site visits and vision casting and then mm-hmm. begin to look for partners, et cetera. But that really is the first place. Yeah. Um obviously connect with 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 me or urban tribes in general. We start that conversation, but that really is the first big thing that we're gonna look for. Is this a gateway city? Mm-hmm. Um is there really a need based on what it is that we do? Mm, cool.
0: Cool. Yeah. Um I love like just all the amazing places that urban tribes is going into and um, yeah, just kind of reaching into that newer, growing, amazing urban part of Africa is really cool. Um, yeah. So really quickly before I let you go, cause I don't even know how long I've kept you on here, but um, so what would you say is probably like the biggest takeaway lesson that you've learned as a church planter?
1: Uh, that's, that's a super hard question. <laughs> um, yeah, I,
0: I, but if I had to
1: narrow it down, I would say, um, it is, I mentioned it earlier. It is a marathon. It is not a sprint and yeah. learn to pace yourself, learn to have healthy perspective, be realistic about what is going to happen. Um, and walk with a lot of grace for yourself, mm-hmm. walk with a lot of grace for your team, walk with a lot of grace with your for your partners um yeah because it is it is a marathon it is not a sprint if you try to if you try to power through uh, you're going to kill yourself you're going to kill yeah. your team mm-hmm. you're going to disappoint uh yourself or your partners or others mm-hmm. um and and that's just not healthy and i i know i don't think that's what god wants uh mm-hmm. for us i don't think that's what how uh god wants us to treat other people so
0: yeah yeah cool yeah. So awesome. Um, thank you so much for coming on here. Um, I like, can't even say how much I learned from you in the two years that I, um, was under you. So yeah. Uh, hopefully people can get just a little nugget of that from this interview. So yeah.
1: Well, we love you very much. We're very proud of you and, um, everything you're doing right now, you were doing that stuff for us at North place. <laughs> and, uh, so we, we know it's going to be awesome. We know it thank is awesome. You.
0: Thank you. Awesome. Well, love you guys and thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you. Yeah. All right. See you, Randy. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye.